My name is Onyx. Thank you for joining me for Ponderings of a Pagan Priest. The topics in this podcast will vary as I am led. All that wander are not lost. Thanks for tuning in to uh, another episode of Ponderings of the Pagan Priest. I've had the Kabbalah on my mind quite a bit here lately, and I wanted to do a little bit, a little discussion about the Kabbalah, and specifically the Hermetic Kabbalah. Now, the Hermetic Kabbalah and the Jewish Kabbalah are not the same. Um, even though the words sound the same, Kabbalah, Kabbalah, they're actually spelled differently, and that's how you can you can kind of tell the difference. When we're talking about Hermetic Kabbalah, it's spelled with a Q. When we're talking about Jewish Kabbalah, it's spelled with a K. And there's an extra B thrown in there, too. Now, I want, like I said, I want to talk about traditional Hermetic Kabbalah. The Hermetic Kabbalah as an esoteric tradition, is Western in origin and involves the occult and mysticism. This is practiced by the Thelemic Orders and the Order of the Golden Dawn. The Hermetic Kabbalah was influenced by pagan religions, Western astrology, and lots of other tangents coming in there. It's different from the Jewish Kabbalah because it's a combination of many practices from many philosophies. Now, in Jewish Kabbalah, one of the main, one of the main glaring differences uh, that you'll notice immediately between Jewish Kabbalah and Hermetic Kabbalah is that in Jewish Kabbalah, there is absolutely a separation between the divine and human. They, they, they do not correlate. Yet they are not the same. They're absolute separation. But... There's no separation of the divine and the human in the Hermetic Kabbalah. The universe may be material, but it was created through Ein Sof's emanations, based on three states that form the building blocks of manifestation. You've got nullity, which is represented by Ein, which means nothing. You've got the concentration of Ein, or being Ein Sof, which means infinite. And you've got the movement of Ein Sof, which is Ein Sof Or. Now, creation results from the Ein Sof Or, which is the movement of Ein Sof, which has ten emanations called Sephirot. Nine come from the first Sephirot, which happens to be the singular form of Sephirot. And the first is Kether. And they are... Kether, Chochmah, Bina, Dayat, and I'll come back to Dayat in a moment. Chesed, Gabura, Tiferet, Nitzach, Hod, Yesod, Malkut. When listing the Sephirot, I told you I'd come back to Dayat. Now, what's different about Dayat is that it doesn't have an assigned number. It's sort of a part of Bina, and according to Regarde, it should be considered a hidden Sephiroth. The Sephiroth come 
from the divine light flowing from what it has yet to be manifested through Kether into reality. All Sephiroth are the coalescence of divine energy and they have their attributes. Kether. This is God's divine will which gives everyone joy. It enshrouds the rest of the Sephiroth and is the crown above your head. Um, most Kabbalists imagine the light of Keter flowing through the whole body, empowering it and imbuing us with its qualities. It connects us with God. This Sephiroth also begins to flow with divine power from one Sephiroth to the next until the bottom Sephiroth returns the energy to the top when completing the cycle. This is almost like a Kundalini experience. The next is Chokma. This is the second Sephiroth. This is about intuition. It's Chokma that allows us to have gut feelings or, you know, that inexplicable sense of knowing something. It's tied to a higher form of wisdom. As in the sort of wisdom that you're born with. You can see this when, when you're looking at a newborn baby and somehow that newborn baby knows how to suckle its mother's breast instinctively. It's taught without ever being taught. This is, is kind of what illustrates, helps illustrate what Chokma is all about. Sometimes Chokma is called conception. The third Sephiroth is Bina, and it's about understanding. It's the ability to use logic and works hand-in-hand hand with Chokma. Now, Chokma and Bina are really, really good friends here, okay? And their relationship is usually described as erotic. Bina is what takes the intel or the wisdom, the intuition from Chokma and finds meaning in it. This makes it possible for us to distinguish between various things. It's also tied to the word Livnod, which loosely means to build. It takes the very abstract information that it gets from Chokma and then builds upon it to give you something solid to work with. Now next in the line is Dayot. Sometimes this Sephiroth is used in place of Keter. Uh, where Keter is the divine emanation, Dayot is man's experience. This is our view of the world, based on all we have gone through. It's what it, This is what helps us figure out whether something will be good for us or serve us, based on our experiences of things of the nature. When Chokma gives us the intuitive nudges. And Bina processes it all logically so that we understand it at the head level. Dayot tells us whether we should engage with the situation or just walk away. Next in line is Chesset. This Sephiroth is about grace. Sometimes you'll hear it referred to as Gadula. Like in the LBRP, the Lesser Banishing Ritual of Pentagram, you'll see Gadula as it's, it's referenced. This Gadula translates to greatness. 
sometimes the on the tree of life we're talking the right column is called chesed because because it's a masculine expression it also involves love being drawn to things flowing opening ourselves up to life and freely giving of ourselves it is love with no catch and is represented by the right arm chesed is about benevolence love with no restraint or reservation chesed is also the first emotional sephirah next and next to come up is gavora gavora is power gavora is concerned with justice law judgment this is the sephirah that inspires us to concentrate to restrain ourselves to remain in control to be in awe or fear of something this sephirah has both good and bad aspects it's about contraction too much of that can be damaging just as its absence would also be not so good the next sephirah is tifereth tifereth is harmony and the need to have balance it's kind of a combination of honesty with ourselves and others and compassion it combines the flowing chesed with the constricting gabora to attain a balance the next sephirah is netzach this is the sephirah that oversees the desire to make things happen it's about victory it's about eternity it's what gives us the ability to overcome challenges and overcome obstacles but in its negative form this is what because causes us to become workaholics never taking breaks it can also cause us to act before we're ready to move so the next sephirah is hod hod relates to splendor or glory or persistence hod helps us hold on when we want to give up it puts us in a state of mind where we do not allow obstacles people or situations to hinder us in achieving our destiny or our desire hod is where we draw inspiration from to complete things so they can be in their best form before we put them out in the world next is yesod now yesod builds bridges connecting things this is what inspires us to seek connections and to give and to receive Finally we come to Malkut. Malkut represents our result, the fruit of our hard work. And usually Malkut is tied to the Sabbath day or in the Christian theology Sabbath day on the 7th day he rested kind of thing. The reason for that is because once the energy reaches Malkut and it's manifest Now we can rest.
moving on, let's talk about the Tree of Life. So for the Hermetic Kabbalists, the tarot cards are the figurative keys that unlock the Tree of Life. All 22 cards, including the Zero or the Fool card and the Trumps, are called Greater Mysteries or Major Arcana. They match the 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet, and they stand for the 22 different paths to the Tree of Life. Each of the Pip cards from Ace to Ten represent the Ten Sephiroth in all of the four Kabbalistic worlds, which we'll talk about some other time. Um, and, and they are associated with the classical elements of those four worlds, earth, fire, air, and water. You will always see, what well, you should see in, in, in traditional tarot, the Sephiroth are all painted in very vivid colors, so it's true to the nature of divinity. And all the paths that lie between them tell a story of the different ways to know the divine intimately the hermetic order of the golden dawn extrapolates from the kabbalah that there also there exists 10 archangels and each archangel oversees one choir of angels and corresponds to one sephiroth so i'm going to talk about those archangels in order of their rank. Number one is Metatron. Metatron corresponds with Kether. Metatron is in charge of a choir of angels which translates to holy living ones. These are the living beings which were described in the book of Ezekiel when the prophet had a vision in chapter 1 and chapter 10. Of the heavenly chariot. Second is Raziel. Raziel corresponds to Chokba. Raziel is in charge of the Ophanum, which translates to wheels. The Ophanum are also called the Galgalim. So we mentioned I mentioned their wheels. These are the wheels of the chariot in Ezekiel's vision. According to the book of Enoch, the Ophanim never sleep, but remain ever watchful over God's throne. Next, number three, is Savkiel. Savkiel corresponds to Bina, oversees the brave ones, or the Erelim. And we see the Erelim in the book of Isaiah, uh, right before the invasion of Jerusalem and King Hezekiah's reign. The next is Zadkiel. Zadkiel corresponds to Cheset. He's in charge of the Hashmalam, or also referred to as the Amber Ones or the Glowing Ones. These are these are the well-known, you know, angelic entities that we talk about mostly. Next is Kamel. Kamel corresponds to Gavora. And he's the one in charge of the Seraphim, or the Burning Ones. And we know the Seraphim, they have their 
origins in, in, in ancient Judaism. Next, number six is Raphael. Raphael corresponds to Tiferet and oversees the Malachim, which are the angels or messengers. Number seven is Haniel, and he corresponds to the Netzach Sephiroth and oversees the Elohim. Now, the Elohim are also called godly beings. Then, at number eight, we have Mikael. Mikael corresponds to Hod and oversees the Bene Elohim, or the sons of Elohim, sons of the godly beings. At number nine, we have Gabriel. Gabriel, by pattern, represents or corresponds to Yasad. And Gabriel oversees the cherubim. These are like unearthly beings, and their mission is to attend to God directly, according to Abrahamic religions. And at number 10, we've got Sandalphon. Sandalphon corresponds to Malkut and oversees a class of angels known as the Ishem, which means men-like beings. So there is a quick overview of the Kabbalah, the Sephiroth, the angels, just to whet your appetite. Uh, as we go forward in some of my talks, uh, I want to talk more about the Kabbalah. We'll, we'll, we'll break it down a little bit further, and we'll look at the differences, so a few of the differences between Jewish Kabbalah and Hermetic Kabbalah. And we will go down a history of the Hermetic Kabbalah uh, at some point, I look forward to exploring, um, how shall we say, I look forward to going down this rabbit hole uh, with you as time goes along. So thank you again for joining me. I would also like to ask you to check out International Pagan Radio. You can find that at internationalpaganradio.com. If you do not, if you're not aware or familiar with International Pagan Radio, International Pagan Radio has been streaming pagan music and pagan shows on the internet for over a decade. Um, go over to internationalpaganradio.com. You'll find a very large eclectic mix of music. Uh, you'll find the ability to search the music library to make song requests. You'll find several shows that come on during the week that are educational, informative, and fun. So, yeah, find us on Facebook. Uh, there's a group. There's a page. Get involved with the community. Listen to the music. Uh, talk about things. Let's discuss things. We are all together. And I want you to realize that, again, like I've said in the, probably the intro and the outro, that I don't care if you think like me. I just want you to think. It's it's very important. Know why you believe what you believe. Understand why you do the things you do. It's important. So I will leave you with that. And I look forward to the next time that we get together. So take care of yourself. Be good to yourself. You deserve it.
Thank you again for joining me for Ponderings of a Pagan Priest. If anything in this episode planted a thought seed or engaged you to think, then I'm blessed. It doesn't matter if you think like me, but it does matter if you think. We are evolving, and I challenge you to be involved as we evolve. In all things, may you blessed be.